Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. We, as always, we appreciate you listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. And Chris. Good morning. Or Christopher. Hey, good morning. Good, <laughs> good morning, good morning. <laughs> and Ray Pritchard, Brother Ray. Doing this morning. Okay, we got Ray's. Ray's is it Raymond? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. We if having, I'm in trouble, it's if I'm in trouble, it's definitely Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> we were having some technical difficulties with Ray's uh uh, system there in Kansas City, but it's all fixed now. I was in the basement, and I ran up to our bedroom, and I jiggled something, and I came back downstairs, <laughs> and it's working now. I'm hey. not even sure what I jiggled. That, that's, <laughs> kind of, that's kind of technology I like right there, man. Right. You can jiggle. run for president out of your basement. <laughs> Just that's jiggle right. it. Just Vice jiggle. president in charge of jiggles. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this must be uh, – Plaid shirt day here at the I AFR. I just noticed that. Yeah. But you, you and uh, Chris both got your flat. The plaid. newsroom has uniforms. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have anything plaid in my <laughs> closet. I really don't. Not I don't a know. maroon and white plaid or anything. I don't. I don't think so. Don't Allison think. wouldn't do that, huh? I don't, I don't think the last year I wore plaid. I don't remember that. That's kind of seventies. Scream seventies, guys. I, uh, I, I don't remember those days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories, though. That's you a plaid right. guy, are you, Ray? Or I have a couple. I don't wear yeah. them very often, right? Just yeah. now and then. Well, yeah. uh, we uh, we got a lot of stuff to share with you folks listening to us today. And, Fred, you want to tell them, uh, is my voice going south? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, all right, why don't you – I'll. Tell them how they can watch on the internet. Do, do your best impersonation of Ed here. Well, and uh, I'll keep it brief. Okay. All yes. right. Ed gives you a five-minute report on how to That's right. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Facebook. Uh, we're live and direct on YouTube still. Nobody has said anything wrong lately. Uh, we're doing okay. And maybe Elon Musk has got shares now on Facebook or something. <laughs> Or YouTube. But uh, also, we have our own streaming service, folks. Streaming.afa.net. And uh, go ahead there and uh, sign in. It's completely free. And, uh, yeah, we have freedom here at American Family Association. And uh, we don't have to worry about saying things like ivermectin anymore. Uh, we're, we're good on that. So praise the Lord for that. And also, we should talk about uh, we're on election mode and next tuesday evening election evening we are going to have a special right here at american family radio starting at six o'clock central tim will be here ed will be here i'll be along chris will be doing newscasts throughout the night steve will be giving us updates as well so it's going to be jam-packed and i think uh tim it's going to tim and chris it's going to be one of the most exciting election programs that we've done because all the polls are pointing towards the possibility, I'll condition it that way, of a red wave. And I just put a story on our site, afn.net, afn.net. 
even a uh, fairly safe Democrat House seat in Virginia is now up for grabs. An Hispanic Republican is running there. So that's just an example. We're going to be watching the Senate races, Pennsylvania. We're going to be watching uh, uh, the races across the country because most of the people believe that the Republicans will take the House. Uh, the question seems to be the Senate, uh, but there's some just some fascinating Senate races uh, that are up for grabs. Republicans are hopeful. So Ray and uh, Tim and Chris, going to be an exciting night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so join us 6 o'clock Central Time next Tuesday. We'll be here until, mm-hmm. until uh, you know, races. Hey, let, let me ask yeah, you ahead. guys a question, just a little survey here. For the other three of you, what races are you most interested in or what are you going to be most watching next Tuesday night? I'm going to answer my own question first. Okay. Uh, I'm, I got my eyes on that governor's race up in Michigan. Yes. And, and, and I got to tell you about this. A couple of months ago, well, in September, I guess I was up in Michigan and watching a little TV, and it seemed like every other ad was for Gretchen Whitmer and was against Tudor Dixon. And six weeks ago, you felt like there is no way Tudor Dixon can win. But there's been a couple of polls come out in the last two or three days showing either neck and neck or Tudor Dixon has pulled ahead. So that would be a huge pickup if she could pull through in Michigan. Oh, absolutely. Michigan, we're watching, of course, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a big one. Fetterman Oz there. And then Georgia, Uh, those those two Senate races there. Uh, They're going to be kind of the – as the curtain opens on Tuesday evening, those are the two big ones, Senate-wise, we're going to be watching. Another gubernatorial race to keep an eye on is the state of New York. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's your, you're exactly Deep right. Deep blue New York might go red on the governor's race. Now, yes, um, this is one of those I'll believe it when I see it <laughs> I type know. things because uh, you're talking about New York State is probably the deepest blue as deep a blue state as you can find across the country with the possible exception of California. Uh, however, I've had a lot of people tell me if you get north of the city, mm-hmm. the city being New York city, sure. The rest of the state is red uh, mm-hmm. in many ways. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of like Illinois, Chicago, you got Chicago uh, and then you got the rest of the state, but all these big cities mm-hmm. have so many people that they outvote. Uh, yes the rest of the state yeah. but th- that's another one to watch uh, you mentioned the herschel walker mm-hmm. uh rafael warnock race over in georgia uh so it it uh it's going to be a very interesting evening to see what happens and again the or the prognosticators are saying the republicans take the house of representatives it's just a matter of how much mm-hmm. That, of course, would send Nancy Pelosi. You've got to think she would retire. What is she? 80 plus. She's 80-something years old, and she would then be in the minority. Uh, minority. So, Ray, uh, that that would be the that would be the big national news. Nancy Pelosi would be out as uh, House Majority Speaker. Uh, well, as, she's, as number one, she's got to go home and restock that fridge. <laughs> and number two, need to do something about that home security system, okay? Yeah. Need to do some work about that. I read where the security cameras uh, are on and they monitor, but nobody was paying attention. <sighs> nobody was paying attention. The excuse we're getting 
and we're talking about the Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. They're responsible even though the home's in California? Yes. Okay. So they have cameras. The Capitol Police have cameras in Nancy Pelosi's house there in San Francisco. <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi, on the night the attack uh, took place against her husband, Paul, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi was in Washington, D.C., so the early excuse we're getting from the Capitol Police why they were not monitoring the cameras that night was because Nancy Pelosi was in D.C. So they weren't worried about anything happening back home in San Francisco. That's what we're hearing first. Gotcha. Now, did they ever get to the bottom of that story? There was so many uh, conflicting reports early on. It appears like the guy was a loner. Yes. And that the, there was no third person. No, there was a third person, because the police reported that. Mm-hmm. An un, they described that person as an unknown individual answered the door when the police arrived at the house. Are you sure about this? That was what we were told. Then you had the 911 call describing him as a, quote, friend. Yes. Describing, describing the attacker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's still a lot to be explained here? That There is. A whole lot. We yeah. still don't know exactly how he broke in. Did he break a window and reach around and unlock a door? Uh, we don't know. He was in court yesterday. He's pleaded not guilty to all charges. Uh, so we'll go from there. Apparently, he's been in the country illegally for 14 years. Uh, so there's already talk about him. And not from South America. No, he's from Canada. He's from British Columbia. But entered the country through Mexico. Mm-hmm. One of the things in the American jurisprudence or judicial system that I don't quite understand is why people plead not guilty when they're guilty of sin. When you've been arrested. And the whole world knows it, and they plead not guilty. What is that about? Uh, I think they're hoping for a plea down eventually. Yeah, but you ought to be pleaded up just by lying. (laughs) I know. Just looking at us in the face and saying, I didn't do what you see me doing there on camera. It, Not yeah. guilty. It well, nowadays, uh, you can rob a bank and then blame society for making you rob the bank. Really so. noted. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay, Christopher, what do you have first for us? Here? Well, Joe Biden. Uh, oh, used my, to- we got to start with that. <laughs> Yes, sir. Or with him? I do want to begin with this because he used our tax dollars last night to campaign for Democrats uh, and badmouth what he called MAGA Republicans for the second time in how many ever months? Over and over again. Yeah. He, he needs something new material. He does. He really does. Jan- January 6th, you talk about milking and utter dry, <laughs> huh? Yeah. yeah. That, that cow's laying on the ground. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> always glad to go to Wednesday night prayer meeting and Bible study, and I was yeah. really glad that we had another one last night after I got home and read some of the excerpts. So if you were like okay, me. this just to set this up, mm-hmm. President Biden went to the uh, Union, Union Station there, which yes. I've been to many times, to give a speech mm-hmm. of inspiration and hope. He but, is the unifier in chief. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but but what he did was he went there and gave a speech uh, where he had went on the attack mm-hmm. against MAGA Republicans yes. and the uh, trying to say that it's if people vote for Republicans it's the end of democracy it's a threat to democracy right yes. this is what he, this is what he was there for yeah we've got a, a compilation of uh, excerpts here clip 13 it's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America. You know, American democracy is under attack because 
The defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. Disunion and chaos are not inevitable. There's been anger before in America. There's been division before in America. But we've never given up on the American experiment. We can't do that now. Oh, well, who's going who's gonna to give up? Who's he talking about, Ray? You giving up? <laughs> Ooh, I'm not giving up. I don't. No, no, no. Who's no. giving up, Fred? Yeah, uh, not me. That's that was a mega mega rant. That's what that was last night. The one difference was they, they ought to push some swing voters over to the Democrats oh, yeah. right there. Oh yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. Well, the one difference was he wasn't speaking in front of the blood red gates of Hades background yeah. like the uh, the Philadelphia <laughs> speech. You know what? This reminds me of some the the person who says. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. So he's really got nothing except uh, January 6th and and what? And and protect America from MAGA Republicans. Other That's, than that, they got nothing. They got nothing. You know, uh, you were away yesterday, Tim. Uh, we uh, we played a clip of Don Peebles, who is a uh, was a fundraiser for Barack Obama. He was interviewed by Neil Cavuto uh, two days ago. And Don Peebles, uh, in that interview, said uh, that the Democrats are going to do bad in this election. And the big reason is they are not resonating with the people by complaining about Republicans. Republicans are out there saying, here are the major issues. And all the polls show it's economy, it's crime, all of those things. But all Democrats are doing are saying, oh, those Republicans are bad people. Listen, the the Democrats have had control of the presidency, the House, and the Senate. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the Senate's been tied, but still, they have the uh, majority because the vice president breaks a tie. That's correct. So, and we have the last two years of their track record, right, of the Democrats' leadership track record, and American people are saying we don't like it. And we want to change. Yeah, that's what seems to be going on here, and that's probably what's going to be reflected next Tuesday in the in the voting. And uh, if the Republicans take the Senate too, then they're going to be able to block. Uh, uh, they're going to be able to block judicial nominees if they want to. Yeah, by the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's there's a lot at stake next Tuesday. But just stop and think. You've pointed out correctly the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and and the White House right. the last two years. Right. But they're not running on their record. Right. Have you noticed that? Well, they're not running on their because record because it's abysmal. It is. So, <laughs> so there you have the party in power facing an election, but they can't mm. run on what they've done for the last two years. No, can't. But, well, they they might want to try, but the American people. Are, are looking at the economy. You look at yesterday, the Fed raised rates again. Mm-hmm. We're probably heading for 8 and 9% mortgage rates, 30-year mortgage rates, within the next few weeks. The American public, no, the crime, you talk about New York, why Governor Hochul's in trouble there. It's crime. And you heard what she said the other day in one of the debates uh, that she was having with the Republican. And, and she said, I can't understand why you're complaining about crime. I know. I can't understand. You why talk about tone deaf. Mm-hmm. I, 
you know, and, and the New Yorkers are just going nuts. They're saying, what are you talking about? Yeah. All right, Chris, next story. Well, this relates to the election, and it's very important because, and I think, I hope people already uh, accept this, you can't believe everything somebody knocking on your door on behalf of a campaign tells you. Um, and here's one great example here. Our Charlie Buds covered this story, and we'll have the audio here in a second. Project Veritas, one of those organizations that does uh, investigative journalism, they went out and basically had somebody um, get up, you know, have a, a Q&A with members of um, Senator Kelly's staff out in Arizona. He's running for re-election, so he's going to be one of the people on the ballot on Tuesday in Arizona. And the issue with this story is the person working for the Kelly campaign was instructing people to tell voters that Senator Kelly is pro-life while admitting that he is actually pro-choice. But they were telling people to lie on behalf of Senator Kelly. We can do the audio here from Charlie Butts. It is clip two. Democrat Mark Kelly is trying to hold on to his U.S. Senate seat in Arizona, but reporters for Project Veritas Action got into the field as Kelly campaign workers knocked on doors to drum up support. Kelly is liberal and is pro-abortion. An undercover Veritas reporter talked with Kelly employee Evan Bronson, and Veritas raised a question of what they would say when they're talking to a voter. Okay, let's say they're like pro-life, okay? okay? And they like ask me if Mark Kelly is pro-life. Yes. Say yes? I would say, I would say Mark Kelly is pro-life, but also pro-keeping the government out of our health care. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, something stupid. Even though he's not pro-life? <laughs> oh, absolutely, he's not pro-life. Okay, good. Then the conversation centered on getting the votes of pro-life Republicans, which Kelly needs to win. What would you stay away from saying, you know, to get them to vote for Mark Kelly? Like as a Republican? Yeah. I wouldn't say any, I wouldn't say pro-choice. Even though he is, right? Even though he is. Kelly is pro-abortion and in fact voted in favor of the Women's Health Protection Act, which would have legalized abortion through birth nationwide and would have overridden all state pro-life laws. I'm Charlie Butts. Guys, that is a difference between our news service and NPR, for example. They will not touch that story today. And if they do, it'll be, well, Project Veritas misled people and they're lying. So, yeah, these are Mark Kelly workers admitting, admitting that they are to certain people who answer the door when they go door knocking are admitting that if they perceive that the person at that door Mm. is pro-life, they will tell them that Mark Kelly is pro-life, even though they know, they just admitted there, that he is pro-abortion. Yeah, he's in danger, too, of losing. Mm-hmm. He's an incumbent Democrat, right? He sure is. Well, it's uh, Blake Masters, right, is the yeah. Republican. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they are they are neck and neck out there. It would not take – I mean, Arizona is a pretty closely divided state. It wouldn't take much for Blake Masters to win. I think the most telling part of that clip you played, Chris, is is the laughter. Mm-hmm. The laughter, what a telling thing that is. Oh, he's not pro-life, though. No, laughter. They know they're lying, right. and they're doing it intentionally. Right, and, and what they've done <clears throat> there uh, is they know that 90, 99% of the time, if somebody is going to ask them, is he pro-life, that terminology alone uh, says to the canvasser this person is pro-life or they wouldn't be asking it that way they would be saying is he pro-choice for example uh so 
to the intent to deceive, though, and with that wicked sort of laughter is terrible. Uh, but uh, as you say, right? <clears throat> uh, you know, they're 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 laughing is just disgusting. But they this, know what they're doing. Yeah, Kim. this was a project Veritas, mm-hmm. which is James O'Keefe. Yes, right. How they come up with these videos? How do they continue to yeah. come up with it? Is, yeah. It's I, I know. Yeah, I mean, they're he hires great actors who get the confidence of these individuals, and uh, but it exposes. I mean, NBC, CBS, they've all done this kind of stuff before. Oh yeah, uh, but undercover journalism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. All right, you're listening to today's issues on AFR. Next story, Chris. Um, I tell you what, do you want to do, you want to do this one? Sure. Okay. All right. There has been an issue, uh, in state of Michigan where you've got, um, incumbent Gretchen Whitmer facing a Republican challenger named Tudor Dixon. Tudor Dixon tells a story about how she was approached by a father who was concerned about graphic books. And that's about as far as I can go for the sake of this family friendly program. Very graphic books in libraries that kids and parents didn't need to see and you read. Mean like at schools yes. in Michigan? Yes. Stephen Colbert, who's a complete partisan hack on the part of liberals. Late night talk show yes. host. He uh, said that this man did not exist, but come to find out he does actually exist, and this audio involves all of what I just set up. Clip 15. Dixon's not the only one worried about this issue. So is this guy she totally made up. I had a gentleman come up to me just a few nights ago, and he said, I found content in my school library describing how to have sex to my son. I went to the Democrats, and I said, I cannot believe that this is in there. Okay. (laughs) Fine. That happened. His name is Khalil Othman. He's a father of five. He's a Muslim American, and he came from Yemen 20 years ago. He posted a video on social media to claim that I'm not here, I don't exist, I'm not human. That's absolute ignorance. Just Google it. Yeah. This man uh, that uh, Tudor Dixon talked about in a debate with Whitmer, uh, she said he's a Democrat. In fact, she said this Democrat, this gentleman, was running for office for the Democrats. But he found out the reports of this garbage being on school shelves, libraries, was true. He said he was so disgusted that he said, I'm no longer a Democrat. I'm going to vote Republican from now on. Everything she said in the debate, uh, Tudor Dixon said in the debate, was true. And, of course, Stephen Colbert, no apology. As far as I know, there's been no apology from Stephen Colbert yet for, for basically saying that Tudor Dixon was lying. Let me ask you this. I'm not. I, I'm old enough to remember him being on television, but I'm, I don't remember the heyday of Johnny Carson. Did he do anything like this when he was host of late night television? He equally made fun of both parties. Yeah, but it was good natured. Yes. Right. Yeah. It right. wasn't nasty. It wasn't. Uh, it, you described Stephen Colbert as a political hack. It wasn't. No. Uh, Johnny Carson. He knew. He knew the audience out there was both Democrat and Republican. Yes. And he, 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 if he did any uh, comedy, political comedy, as I said, Ray, wasn't it just, just He would tweak fun? them, but there was laughter, good fun, and you got a good laugh all the way across the spectrum. Yes. Completely different than Colbert. Yes, yes exactly. Who is a partisan hack. Okay. Colbert and the, uh, what's the other one does this all the time? Uh, 
the late night. Uh, uh, not Jimmy Tony? Fallon, but uh, the other one. Oh, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Kim, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No wonder they, they, they don't have any audience mm. left. Huh? Yeah. That's right. In fact, uh, Gutfield beats them. Yes, regularly. Yes. And his is a cable show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Gutfield on Fox late night. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice, and is unbanning a word? They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day, banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put it back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Hello, folks. Tim Wildman here, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, we've got our 2023 Spiritual Heritage Tours planned, and all the information is available. They're in June and September, by the way, the tours are. And uh, all the information is available at spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. We're going to have a great time seeing our nation's capital and George Washington's Mount Vernon, the National Archives, we're going to the uh, Arlington National Cemetery. So much we're doing in Washington, D.C., the Capitol Building. And we're also going to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown uh, on one of our tours as well. So if that interests you, I know a lot of people plan their vacation time early, then go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, the tours are in June and September. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. For me, the midterm elections are about the China virus pandemic. The Democrats shut down our churches, our businesses, and schools. They arrested small business owners. Mission Governor Gretchen Whitmer banned people from planting gardens and fishing. And California Governor Gavin Newsom ate unmasked at restaurants while the rest of us were stuck in our homes. Many people believe that Democrats were using the pandemic as an experiment to see how far they could push the American people to see just how willing they would be to give up some of their fundamental rights, softening us up for socialism. But I believe that experiment has backfired. Instead of surrendering our liberties, the American people are fighting back, and just about every poll and pundit is now predicting a red tsunami is about to sweep across the fruited plain. The American people are going to send an unmistakable message to the rest of the world on Election Day. We are not and will never be a socialist nation. I'm Todd Starnes. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim with Fred, Chris, and Ray. We thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, If you want to send us an email, you can do so at comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. It sounds like my voice is fading. It's because it is. (laughs) So if I can't do the show... Like in the next fifteen or twenty minutes, I'm going to do hand signals. Okay, okay, that works on radio. Yeah, even though <laughs> we'll yeah. interpret, we'll interpret for the audience. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, do an outraged one, a hand signal outrage. <laughs> hand signal radio. Well, that's very popular. Uh, all right, we've been talking mostly about the upcoming, uh, you know, election. Election day is next Tuesday. Make sure you vote. Your friends and family vote. Talk it up on ch- at church on Sunday. Yes, we're telling you to go mix your politics at church <laughs> on Sunday. You can just, you don't tell people how to vote necessarily, but you need to, uh, well, yeah, you do. You need, <laughs> you need to tell them, <laughs> tell them to vote and then go ahead and volunteer on, on how to vote. Just give them a sample ballot pre-marked and t- take this with you. There you go. There you go. All right, Chris, uh, what is your next story there? This one is election-related, but it's not the angle that we have been uh, going with uh, thus far today on the show. Um, What you're going to hear now is Carrie Lake, the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Arizona, uh, giving a bit of her testimony to Glenn Beck on one of his programs, Clip 8. From that moment of being canceled until I quit my job, God just was pouring into my life, pouring into my life. Let me tell you, reading the Bible... In middle age, at at my age at the time was, I think, 51 or 52, is so much different than reading it when you're going through confirmation or you're in your 20s. It was like a ton of bricks in a good way. I had a moment where I was looking at my news scripts that were sitting on my desk, and I had the Bible open, and I'm saying, the news is a lie, and the Bible is the truth. My spirituality just was growing, 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 and and it kind of took, I think, the, the greatest turn when my girlfriend, my best friend, introduced me to her church. And that's when it just, I I felt a connection with Jesus that I hadn't felt in my entire life. Yeah. So there she is publicly talking about her testimony. Who's that? Carrie Carrie Lake. Lake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I think will be the next governor of Arizona. There's no question. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her Democrat opponent, Katie Hobbs, Refuses to debate Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake has a background in broadcast news. Very comfortable. Uh, she's been taking on reporters who ask ridiculous questions. Uh, but Hobbs, the Democrat, she won't even debate her. In fact, some people said Hobbs has taken on the Joe Biden 2020 campaign. But isn't she behind in the polls? She is. The lady who won't debate? Yes, she is. Well, then you need a debate. Yeah. Yes, but she won't. Why? She's scared of Carrie Lake because Carrie Lake could handle herself. Can you imagine live television if you're watching in Arizona, those two up for debate? You got Carrie Lake who's been in front of the camera for years and years and years. And Hobbs, and again, Hobbs the Democrat, are you going to defend Joe Biden? I don't think so. Mm. 
<clears throat> it's kind of late for a debate now. Well, especially in a border state that already yeah. has a Republican governor who has been fighting the open border policy of Biden. <clears throat> How's Hobbs? What are you going to do? I tell you what, just us talking here the last half hour or so, Ray, it, 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 it this may not turn out to be true because there are so many of these elections that are neck and neck. But it could be a uh, uh, a red tsunami. It could be. It's, tre- it could it's, tre- be. it's trending that way. It's trending that way. It's it's razor close in New Hampshire Senate race and the Michigan governor's race out there in Arizona. So we've got a lot of close races. But there is such a thing as momentum, isn't there, guys? Yes. That, that, that it starts to build across the country, and it feels like that's what's happening, which I think is one reason you're hearing – uh, Joe Biden and other Democrats say, well, we're not going to know the winners necessarily on Tuesday night. They want to stretch out that election day uh, overnight stuff because funny stuff happens overnight, right? Mm. I think that Democrat talking point about uh, don't expect to get the results on Tuesday night, I think that shows how scared they are about what's about to happen. Oh, no question about it. Uh, and they know. I mean, <clears throat> even... Even Democrats, uh, their analysts who are honest, are even saying, you know, the problem for Democrats is initially they said their big issue was going to be abortion. Remember coming out of the Dobbs decision? They were going to go out there and they were going to fight for so-called women's reproductive rights. That's the way the Democrats put it. But that's not resonating with people because we got to remind people the Dobbs decision was basically we're going to leave it up to the states to, to decide. I'm just looking forward to Georgia returning to America <laughs> <laughs> next Tuesday because uh, what happened two years ago mm. it was not Georgia, Ray. That was an anomaly. Very yeah. strange moment in political history. Now, I, I, know, Georgia, yeah. I know people are going to say, well, if you believe the results from two years ago were legitimate, okay, I'm just saying I'm going to assume that they were mm-hmm. and that Warnock barely won and that uh, the other fella, I uh, forget the other senator, barely won. Of course, his term was six. Uh, he's a Democrat, John, socialist. John Isoff. Yes. Uh, he has a six-year term. <clears throat> but uh, uh, Warnock's was a Ossoff. special election. Pardon me? Ossoff, I'm sorry. Yeah. was a two-year term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, anyway, I know that Atlanta is liberal, and the vote Democrat, heavily Democrat. But again, the rest and, and Atlanta has changed. Uh, Atlanta's become a very metropolitan, international, mm-hmm. cosmopolitan type area, <clears throat> not necessarily reflective of uh, the rest of Georgia. And what's not the rest of Georgia, but uh, still, uh, I, uh, Georgia has always been a at least a five point. Red state, five percentage points, red state. And I think that's what probably he's going to return to right next Tuesday. Look, Kemp is going to win the governor's race, going to be reelected. And Herschel Walker, Senator Herschel Walker, does sound, it doesn't just right. Run, Herschel, run. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think he's going to cross the goal line Tuesday night, Tim. I think he's. You're not the first person to use a football metaphor. <laughs> I know. I, I, think, I think he's going to do it. With Herschel Walker. Uh, Herschel Walker is still the greatest college, foot, college football running back that I've ever seen. Yeah. Better than Bo Don't Jackson? You think? 
Yes. Uh, now, you want to get me started on this? Because <laughs> I, I, I can I can bore non-sports people. Let, let let I had the privilege Tell of meeting Vincent think. Bo Jackson, and uh, when I met him years ago, he looked like he could still suit up and run, much like Herschel does. Okay. Uh, Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker were equal in terms of their physical talents and abilities. Okay. But uh, Bo, Walk, Bo, uh, Bo Walker, <laughs> Bo Jackson played in a like a wishbone for a year or two. Hmm. For why you put Bo Jackson in the wishbone, I don't know. But I'm talking about uh, the, he didn't have the number of carries. Herschel Walker would carry the ball 30 times a ball game and, and not bat an eye. Anyway, uh, enough about that. I'm just saying that uh, Herschel Walker it was the greatest college running back, in my opinion, in history. And he, w- he will become a United States senator. Uh, and, it's, and like I said, you, you don't want it to come down to, a, to a, a, uh, an arm, arm battle. Yes, arm wrestle. Arm wrestling. Uh-huh. Herschel Walker's taking Warnock out. That's right. <laughs> The polls do seem to indicate it is Walker's race to lose. For example, I'm looking at real, real clear politics. They have their average, which is a compilation of polls. They have Walker up a, a point and a half. There's only one poll right now out of like seven that have Warnock leading. That is a New York Times poll, which the New York Times would probably. I'll tell you another thing that. I think has turned some voters in Georgia against the Democrats in Warnock. And that's maybe a small percentage. And that is. They pulled out these last-minute smears, yeah, on people. Right? Have you noticed this? Yep. Yeah. These last-minute. Uh, okay, here's a check that he wrote to a girlfriend 25 years ago that supposedly went to pay for an abortion. Well, you don't know that. And 25 years ago, why are you pulling this out the last two weeks of something to try to make somebody try to smear their character or make them look bad? Mm. There's no even way to verify. That kind of thing. I'm just saying uh, that's something you. The that, voters are really tired of yes. that kind of slimy personal yes. attack. Yes. Because the voters have no way to judge right. the veracity of that anyway. And I think the Georgia voters have factored that in and said it doesn't matter. Right. We still need Herschel Walker in the Senate. I guess the question Tuesday night is going to be will Walker gain enough support to get across the 50%? Thing. So that's yes. true because it has to cross fifty, or they have to go to a runoff, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. So there must be a third person here that that's running for office. Maybe some uh, green or up. independent or something like that, who may take a few votes and keep somebody from getting. There 50%. is a third party. Yes, uh, I'll I'll get the name for you here in just a moment. But you know what they always say: kind of the conventional wisdom is if you have an incumbent who can't poll above fifty percent, they right. usually lose. Sure, in any race. Yes. Chris, what did you find out? There is a libertarian candidate by the name of Chase Oliver. It's not Bo Jackson. (laughs) Okay, who is it? Uh, Chase Oliver. Chase Oliver. Mm -hmm. He's an independent? He's a libertarian. Chase, that could be a girl or a boy. It's it's a guy. Or non-binary. I don't know how he identifies, uh, but it is uh, is what appears to be a man uh, who's running as a libertarian. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right, next next story, Chris. Well, let's, let's have Fred this up set this up and i can i can pitch the sound uh but uh it's the uh, the carol swain story fred carol swain uh remember uh carol swain was a professor at vanderbilt she's very conservative has a very compelling testimony and uh 
She was on Fox and Friends this morning responding to uh, a, a story that Fox had that quoted a fifth grade teacher who actually teaches other teachers about critical race theory and how to apply that in class. And this teacher, I think his name was Scott Miller, uh, basically said, yeah, uh, we teach critical race theory in class. And, of course, Carol Swain responding to that. And so that's going to be cut six. Cut six. Well, we know that it's happening, and he's not the only social justice warrior teacher who has openly admitted what we all know is taking place in the classroom. And the fact that a fifth grade teacher would teach a theory as fact tells you the limitations of his own education because if he was properly educated, he would understand that that CRT is a theory that comes from critical theory itself, very contested, very Marxist. It's not a fact. It should never be taught as such. Yeah, and Carol Swain is exactly right. Dr. Carol Swain it is. Uh, it is uh, being taught in our schools. It is a theory. Of course, it's, it's horrible. It's false. It basically says, as we've reported many times before, that if you're a white person, then you're automatically racist. And if you're a black person, you're automatically oppressed. Carol Swain, of course, who is an African-American, has been fighting this. And it's being fought in jurisdictions across the country. It is one of the reasons why uh, in Virginia, just a year ago, Virginia Republicans were victorious over the Democrats in that state in that state election. Parents found out this kind of garbage was being taught in their schools. And so this it's, it's an, another one of those issues that I think parents across the country are now finding out what their kids were being taught that whole lockdown period during the pandemic. And they found out they're also upset, parents are, across the country, with Joe Biden's administration pushing uh, transgender rights in our schools, saying that uh, the Biden administration believes that a guy who just claims to be a girl should be allowed to compete as a member of a girl's team. And we had that incident, was it in North Carolina, uh, a few weeks ago, where the female uh, a volleyball player yes. was, was injured by a guy who was on the opposing girls team who just simply claimed that he felt like a girl and he injured he injured that player and there was outrage about it but this is the kind of thing that the Biden administration is defending right now so education is on the mind of a lot of parents right now and i think it's going to make a difference in some of the jurisdictions School board races are really big right now, uh, more so than they have been certainly in recent elections. Uh, we had a story on AFN.net uh, that involved uh, conservative groups like American Principles Project and others that were throwing a lot of money behind candidates in school board races because a lot of people have said, look, you know, federal and state seats are big, but if you're not watching and controlling local policies, you're really failing our kids. All right, awkward silence there okay. for because I had nothing to add to that. Neither did Ray or Fred. I'll I'll share that uh, story we had. All you um, need to say right there, Chris, is can I get an amen? <laughs> that breaks the silence, and everybody's back into your sermon. And all the people on the back pew said, "Can I get amen. an amen?" Okay. Amen, amen. Put your phones down, people. I know you're looking at your phones during church, but I'm looking at the Bible. Huh? You ever heard that one? 
Oh, yeah. I've heard it. I don't always <laughs> believe it. <laughs> I don't know. Following the Bible on your phone. A lot of people do it. When I preach, I mean, I think most. They do? I, I think the majority of, of places where I go, majority of people, allegedly, let's say allegedly, <laughs> All right, they're looking at their phones while I'm preaching. Allegedly, they've got version or Bible Gateway up, but yeah. who knows? It I had to do Twitter. it last night at church. Uh, what's bad in my experience of, of when I have to resort to using tech to uh, to pull up the Bible, uh, that's when I seem to get a lot of push notifications or text messages and stuff like that. Or uh, I even had like the blood bank call me. But your me. sound's not on, right? Uh, so it I've, shouldn't I've, be. I've been making a note <laughs> to turn it down because I have <laughs> had my does, phone go off during church. It does happen. Oh, oh yeah. You mean uh, like phones start dinging? The phone starts ringing, and then they get embarrassed, and they can't turn it off. <laughs> I know. know. Have you ever noticed this? Because they go into panic mode. That's right. They yeah. can't find it. It slips to the yeah. bottom of the purse. They start shaking it. Right. <laughs> I was at a uh, I was at a church service once uh, a couple of years ago, and there was a baby dedication. And they had, like, relatives from out of town come up on the platform with the parents and the baby, and Grandma's phone went off, like, during the baby dedication. So, oh, Grandma's phone went yes. off? And yes. she was she was doing the whole, like, Yeah, you know, that's struggled. not going to be found. <laughs> no, no, no. In the bottom of the purse. Uh, and it's yeah. always the ringtone you don't want to air during the ba- baby dedication. <laughs> right, right. Some kind of it strange. It wasn't, like, Stairway to Heaven, or was it, or anything no. like that? Okay, from Grandma. But probably not a song she wants to go off and be heard in the house of the Lord. Right. It, it does break. It just breaks yeah. the, the the beauty of the moment. Let's say that. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right. Okay, Nate, Chris. We got about ten minutes. What else you got? Well, here? to circle back to something uh, we began the show talking about, um, Biden continuing to badmouth what he calls mega 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 Republicans. Um, Mega maggot. Mega mega. Yeah, we, we. It's even worse. Than it used to be just mega republic. Now it's mega maggot. Mega maggot. Mega Oh, mega mega maggot. Mega. Yeah. Say that right. five times fast. Big maga. Big big big. He always right. just go really and say big. mega maga maggots. Well, give him Super time. Mag- There's Super how many mag- days until the election? <laughs> it may it come. Who knows? They actually focus group that. The Democrats. Mega MAGA? Yeah, they, they actually focus grouped that, and they said, boy, that's going to resonate with the voter. They they, they lost a lot of money yeah. on that. That went yeah, as well as uh, crystal clear yeah. Pepsi. But uh, to circle back to all this, Peter Ducey yesterday, America's favorite frenemies, Peter Ducey and Corrine Jean-Pierre, uh, had, a, had an encounter during the press briefing yesterday. We knew Biden was going to have this speech well in advance, and so Peter Ducey took it upon himself on behalf of America, to ask White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre if voting, if the president thinks simply voting Republican is a threat to democracy. Clip one. Following up on your comment that there's an alarming number of Republicans who are saying they're not going to accept election results, does that mean President Biden thinks it is a threat to democracy if somebody votes Republican? No, that's a, that's a ridiculous question. No. Why is that a ridiculous question? Because American people should have their right to vote for whomever they want. The voting is a sacred right. It is something that the president wants to protect at, at, at every turn, and he has done that. He's taken actions to protect the right to vote. 
And, uh, and you see uh, Democrats in Congress also doing the work to protect the right to vote. We are talking about mega MAGA uh, Republican officials who have been very clear about this, who, who say, who say, uh, you know, they are uh, pro-police, but then they are also pro-insurrectionists. That is, you cannot be pro-police and be pro-insurrectionists, who also say they want to defund the FBI. That's a problem. That is a problem that we are seeing, and who I've said have been very clear that they have, they have been very clear about pushing and peddling uh, the big lie, peddling dangerous conspiracy theory. And so that's what we're talking about. But the American people have their, they have their right to make a decision on who they want to represent them, and they should be allowed to do so. I was with her there for the first 20 seconds. Yes. Of that mm -hmm. answer, which she should have stopped right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Huh? She should have stopped right there. Uh, you know what? Uh, Pro-insurrectionist. Pro pro right. I got that one, too. I, if, if Peter Ducey was, asked, was able to ask another question, I would yeah. say, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, can you name a right. Republican right. who pro is pro-insurrectionist? Name right. one. Right. Name one. You know what? I think they're failing uh, on, on, on this point not the mega mega maga that was mega mega, oh, mega maga that's kind of silly call it m squared that's just <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it sounds ridiculous but anyway i think the uh, trying to sell people uh, trying to sell to the american people that anyone who questions the legitimacy or what happened on election night and all that, it, it, as election deniers, and therefore I don't know. I don't know equal what, uh, what exactly. Uh, but uh, they're trying to say, but election deniers, you know, you, you can believe that uh, things happened that night that were questionable or that were shenanigans, and still be a rational, sensible. Uh, yes. human, huh? Yes. Human being. Yes. That, they're acting like if you even question what happened, you're you're an insurrectionist. Mm -hmm. That's when they lose people, I think, because um, uh, everybody doesn't doesn't everybody who questions what happened that night uh, doesn't is not a um, an insurrectionist. No, and they're also doing what Hillary Clinton did. What in 2016? What's that? She questioned the results. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he didn't say anything. They don't say anything about that. No. By the way, when they call them election deniers, they're saying the Biden and, and she said that election deniers. What? Hillary Clinton said that uh, President Trump was not an, uh, uh, a legitimate president. Stacey Abrams down in yeah. Georgia. People down through history yes. have, have questioned election results. Long past the election results have been certified. Oh, so, yes. Al Gore. There are still people that think right. he won. Right. So, there again, I think the Democrats here are just completely desperate for something. They're to, flailing. To, to get people to vote for them. And it's only because they're saying the Republicans are so terrible. Vote for us because we got no record to run on. That's worth reporting. And, and Hillary Clinton is really helping them. You know what she referred to Republicans the other day? What? Low information. <laughs> so... We've gone from basket of deplorables 
according to Hillary Clinton. Now those people who don't vote Democrat, right. they're, they're low information people. <clears throat> a bunch of hayseeds, hicks from the sticks. I mean, yeah. that's what she means, right? She really knows how to get those votes. Just go out there and salt half of them. As they say in the sticks, bless her heart. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got about three minutes left on your time here. Well, Uh, this plays into what we have been talking about. I do not have the audio, uh, Adam, but Jesse Waters on his program last night on Fox News, he made the point that no one, no one is talking about things like January 6th except for Joe Biden and MSNBC. mm -hmm. And I think it's spot on because – you know, we can't take a poll. I can't see everybody we're talking to today. But just take a moment and think to yourself, how often do I hear outside of this program January 6th? And I guarantee you 98-plus percent of people listening to the sound of my voice don't talk about or hear anything about January 6th in their personal little circles outside of listening to the show when we have no other choice but to bring it up. Well, yeah, again, the Democrats, Biden, they're trying to make you think that if you vote Republicans— you're voting in insurrectionists. You're voting in January 6th uh, supporters. It's just not true. Nope. And you know what? Everybody's factored that in. And you know what they did three weeks after it happened? We didn't need a year-long investigation. Nope. Is it a year right. or more now? Oh, and we paid dearly for that as taxpayers. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. You know, it's, so people, you know what? The vast majority of people say, yep, what happened on January 6th was bad. Shouldn't have happened, right? Shouldn't have happened. You got some people who let their emotions get away with them. They got carried away. Thank God uh, nobody carried weapons. Nobody set anything on fire. Nobody kept anybody hostage. You just had a bunch of people who were shouldn't have been, shouldn't have done that. And um, But it was not an insurrection. No. It was the worst coup in the history of the world. <laughs> you know why? Because it wasn't. That's right. right. So people have already people know what happened. They yeah. factored that in, and this and this keep. But the, the, the Democrats got nothing else to run on. They, Tim. they got That's nothing. It. They got nothing. All right, we'll be back with Steve Jordan. Chris, I want to thank you for your plaid-driven contributions. Thank you very much <laughs> today on the program. We shall return in five minutes with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.